Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In Depth. What's up folks, JD here. I hope everyone had a wonderful Halloween weekend. Now let's get back to business. The New York Giants are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm coming at you live from halftime. The home team's up four, but the New York Giants are within striking distance. Daniel Jones threw a pick early, but has not panicked since, and he's keeping his team in the ball game, and that's a lot to be said. You know why, folks? The Kansas City Chiefs are beatable this year. No one fears them. They are three and four, and uh, Sir Patrick Mahomes is looking human. We're not used to saying that since the year 2018, so a lot to be said there. I hope this game finishes out in great fashion. Everyone enjoy the second half. Let's move on to the weekend. A lot of good games on Sunday. I'm going to pick some of the standouts for you guys. The New York Jets beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm high on this Bengals group, but Mike White filling in at quarterback. We know Zach Wilson is out a few weeks, but he came in and delivered. Mike White, the quarterback for the New York Jets, 37 for 45 with 405 yards passing and three TDs. That's just big time, folks. The Jets, yes, they only have two wins, folks, but they beat two good football teams, the Tennessee Titans and now the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm not saying this is going to start something for the Jets this year, but it's good for these young guys to start clicking. And uh, I also like their run game. I think Michael Carter is good for the New York Jets, of course, and he's good out of the backfield hitting holes, and he's good receiving the football as well. Joe Burrow, key mistake late in this game, threw a pick. Not what he does on every given Sunday. Um, I'm high on Joey. He didn't play well this game. And Jamar Chase wasn't as involved as we've seen him in weeks past. You know, 32 yards receiving for Jamar, he needs to do more. And Joe Burrow's got to look for him more throughout the ball game. I know he got it to Higgins, got it to Boyd, mixing out of the backfield and their tight end who's stepping up big time. But Jamar Chase is a threat wherever he is on the football field whether he's catching a quick slant, whether he's catching a long fade. I mean, man, he's special. He's good after the catch, and this kid can really ball. I'm high on him. I can make a statement early that I think Jamar Chase is going to be a top wide receiver in the game for many years to come. Moving on to another game. Yes, that was an upset. I wanted to talk about the Tennessee Titans squeaking it out in OT and beating the Colts in Lucas Oil Stadium. A tough place to play. But Carson Wentz, more mistakes. He has a lot of head scratchers. Back in Philly, he had the head scratchers. Here in Indy, he's having those same head scratchers. That is going to be an issue. Turnovers. You know, when Wentz should throw the football away, he's forcing things and throwing picks. That is not what great quarterbacks do. Tom Brady, he showed all these young guys that quarterbacking is as much with your head, using your brain out there on the football field, than your arm. Decision-making is key in the National Football League at the QB1 spot. Sad news, of course, talking about the Titans. Yes, they're 6-2 and two on the year, but they lost King Henry. Derrick Henry is out for the season. Devastating. Uh, when I saw Adam Schefter's tweet this morning, I really felt for him. He's a great back. He's having a terrific season, and... It's going to be cut short. We know injuries are a big part of football. 
you know, at the collegiate level and at the pro level. And uh, it seems to be haunting great players once again. So, King Henry, rest up. We wish you the absolute best. Another game that stood out to me, folks, the New England Patriots win on the road against the L.A. Chargers. And the big story here, guys, is Justin Herbert. Two interceptions. Great arm, we know that, but decision-making in this football game was only so-so, in my opinion. I think Mac Jones played good football. Damian Harris had a big game out of the backfield, we know that. Nelson Aguilar, a few catches. But Mac Jones, he's showing me a lot of pocket poise. He's showing me what Tom Brady used to show me when I was a kid. Pocket poise, good decision-making, playing the game of football turnover-free. And there's a lot to be said about that. I'm huge on Mac. I am. You know, nice throws on the run, rolling left, rolling right. That's what makes Sports Center's top 10. But what doesn't make Sports Center's top 10 and what makes the Pro Football Hall of Fame is what Mac Jones is on pace to do playing the game turnover free. This game, of course, he was without a turnover, but only six on the season. I think that's pretty good through eight games. He's not forcing. Some balls went through the hands of his receivers. He can't help that. But I was really impressed here. New England's defense, you know, the DBs look good. Their front seven, we know what they're made of, but Belichick really has this defense prepared week to week, as he always does. Josh McDaniels, he'll take care of the offense in Mac Jones, but Bill Belichick locks in on this side of the football, and it is paying off. I think, bold prediction early, guys, jot it down. The New England Patriots make the postseason this very season. I was out trick-or-treating with my niece, my favorite little girl, Mason, on Sunday, but I was streaming the game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose. And Tom Brady looked human-like. I talked human-like with Patrick Mahomes in the first half of this Monday night football game. I'll talk human-like with Tom Brady as well. He threw two picks in the game, and I thought they were two bad ones. And one late one. We're not used to seeing that from Tom Brady. Yes, he had 375 yards in the game, but he said he must play better. Winston went out. We know that Jameis Winston is now out for the whole season with an ACL tear. You know, rest up, Jameis. Speedy recovery to you too. Losing Jameis and Derrick Henry on the same day is not good for football, but we will get through it. Trevor Simeon beat the Bucks defense, and that's what I'm a little surprised about. He had 159 yards in the game and a TD. Alvin Kamara did his thing and got in for a score as well. But the Bucks defense guys look lackadaisical. Also some taunting helmet to helmet. I mean, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady were not happy in their post-game press conferences, guys. They said that the Bucks must be better. They said that they will be better. And, I mean, this Bucks team is going to be firing on all cylinders when they meet the Washington football team in D.C. November 14th. You know, yes, Tom Brady and the Bucks are 6-2. and two. No need to hit the panic button, I agree. But they should have won this football game uh, when Jameis went down. That should have been like easy money. Trevor Simeon came in. He came in with confidence. He came in delivering the football in tight areas. Uh, I was pretty impressed. And just a big, big win for the Saints. We know, yes, they lost Jameis, but they are 5-2. and two. The New York Giants, shout out my G-men, they did beat the Saints. But the Saints are 5-2 and two, heading in the right direction. 
Let's talk about the Sunday night football game. I'm so happy for Cooper Rush, man. Coop and his fam were there at the game. He knew he would get the start. They wanted to rest Dak Prescott. The Cowboys are 6-1, and one, and he had a late TD throw. And I was so impressed. Cooper Rush is a poised quarterback. He makes good decisions out there on the football field. Cooper Rush had 325 yards in the ball game with two TDs. Zeke picked up a big first down late, guys. I was really impressed with Zeke running the football like that bowling ball in the backfield, uh, hitting his holes, A-gap, and just breaking tackles. He's so, so impressive. And Amari Cooper, guys, I'm going to talk about this for a moment because CeeDee Lamb has been making most of the headlines. And Amari Cooper said, I'm a number one wide receiver as well. Eight receptions, 122 yards, and a score. Amari Cooper balled out. And late game heroics with that catch. It was bouncing off the defensive player, back to him, juggling, then he makes the play. Things are going right for the Cowboys right now. And I was listening to Steve Young on Monday Night Countdown, and he was talking about that he thinks the Cowboys are as good as they were in the 90s. He's seeing that kind of energy, that kind of poise. Of course, they're 6-1, and one, and even their one loss week one, they were up by one. Tom Brady brought them down the field to kick a field goal, but they were right in that ball game till the end. I'm impressed with Dallas. I think Dallas will make the playoffs and possibly make a deep run in the postseason if they stay healthy. Dak should be coming back next week. Cooper Rush was able to have the game of his life. I'm happy for him, as I was mentioning, and uh, the Cowboys get a nice win on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, they were all saying they expected to win this game. They came out flat. They weren't prepared, and Dallas made them pay. I'm going to go into a brief football discussion. Tweet at me, at JD Sports one on Twitter, what your opinion is. I'm going to talk a little bit about quarterbacks. When they enter the league, so when they are drafted on draft night, are quarterbacks in a better situation if they sit, learn from a veteran, then come in and give it the best of their ability, kind of like Patrick Mahomes did behind Alex Smith, kind of like Aaron Rodgers did behind Brett Favre, we know Tom Brady came in for Drew Bledsoe, or start him right away. The Mac Joneses of the world, the Trevor Lawrences of the world. What is better for the long-term career? I'm going to give you my opinion. I like when young quarterbacks sit at first. They learn the playbook. They learn what they can and cannot do on the professional football field. There's a big difference between college and pro at the quarterback position. And I firmly believe that sitting, I mean, look at the results. Tom Brady sat at first. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers this is pretty good company. And they were able to learn at first. Getting thrown out into the fire, we see that Mac Jones is succeeding. But how about Zach Wilson really struggling? Yeah, I'm a fan of Mac, but, and even Trevor. Trevor Lawrence is struggling as well. So give me your opinion. I'm really excited to read what you guys have to say. Transitioning into baseball, the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves are still rolling. Series is still continuing. On Fox, Tuesday, our release day of the podcast. Game six is played at night. I'm pumped. I thought the Houston Astros won the biggest game of their season, winning Game 5 in Atlanta. Now they get to go home. Game 6. And Carlos Correa, he was talking post-game with the crew, and he's just excited. He knows that his baseball team can win three in a row. We all know that. I want to talk a little bit about what the pitchers are doing in the postseason here in the MLB, and Carlos Correa is figuring it out. The pitchers are pitching 
backwards. And what I mean there, folks, is they are coming at the hitters with their stuff early. Stuff meaning slider, cutter, curveball, and then finishing these guys off with the fastball high and tight or that low cheddar. I really think this is a good way to pitch in the postseason. We know guys like Jose Altuve, when they see that first pitch fastball, they hit that out of the stadium. Pitchers are realizing to great, great hitters, the Altuves, the Correas, the Alvarezes of the world, let me try to get you to bite early in the count. And I think that's huge, folks. I'm happy we're talking about it here today because pitchers are figuring this out as well. Yes, they want to start with their fastball, even mix in their changeup before they get to the pitches that really have movement. But these hitters are too good. They'll time it. A lot of postseason hitters swing at the first pitch. We're seeing it a lot in this Astros lineup, especially batters from one to four. The Braves are learning slowly. I think the Atlanta Braves, if you are a Braves fan, you want to finish the Astros in game six. You don't want game seven in Houston. I'll tell you right now, folks, you really don't. Carlos Correa and Altuve will be getting their second world championship, if you ask me, if it goes to Game 7. So knock them dead if you're the Braves on Tuesday night. Freddie Freeman trying to go deep. Eddie Rosario trying to continue his October magic into November. I'm really excited for this series. You know me as a huge MLB fan and a sports fan in general. I like when series go the distance. Therefore, I want seven games. But let's see what happens. I think Carlos Correa and Altuve, there is a chance, guys, that this is the last of those two together. I think Carlos Correa might be moving on this offseason from Houston, but what a ride it's been. I think it'd be awesome if the Astros squash the cheating scandal and win one in a clean season. That'd be just terrific. I think MLB wants that as much as the Astros want that. All right, guys. I'm dipping on the studio. I got to get back to watching the Giants Chiefs, but love y'all. Remember to tweet at me. You guys take care. J.D. out.